Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program. Welcome to the program. I'm so glad to be with you once again this week. I want to talk with you today about a sifting that is taking place. And it is a sifting that is taking place that is revealing the true church versus the apostate church. And you probably already know the process of sifting when you are mining for something valuable. Let's say it's gold or maybe fossils or maybe a diamond and you collect the soil and then you put it into a sifter and you sift it to remove the dirt, to remove the things that are not good. And then the material that you are searching for is what remains. And that is what we see happening right now in the church. And I've spoken at length about it in the weeks past as far as how the, the churches have responded to the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And it's really revealing who are really standing on the true word of God and which ones are not. And we see various things happening that is showing us who really is among us. And so if we look at the book of first John, chapter two, verses 18 through 19 reads as follows. Little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. And folks, we see that happening throughout the church. That's really showing us what I want to focus on today, that they went out from us, but they were not of us. And a classic example of that is what I want to share with you to begin today is Bishop Carlton Pearson. I want you to listen to how his ministry started and where he is today. Spontaneity. There is joy. Bishop Carlton Pearson is an energetic. Dancing around, trying to fit, trying to find your place. Passionate. I was so overcome with love. And captivating spiritual leader. And leave you up there for a while. Oh. Drawing his congregation in with flowing sermons and perfect pitch. On me. You could say Pearson was born to be a preacher. As a child, our whole life revolved around the church. I started preaching when I was 14. Um, I was licensed at 15, ordained at 18. He attended Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Oral Roberts himself took Pearson under his wing. Out of all the probably 25,000 students that had gone through there by the time he retired, no one had the kind of access to him as I did. He really, literally treated me like his son. Fresh out of school, Bishop Pearson's popularity and message grew beyond anyone's expectations, including his own. I was the first African-American preacher on the South Side to start a church that was integrated and maintained it to where it became what they would call a megachurch in, in this town, up, up to about four or 5,000. Bishop Pearson preached to millions all over the country. In 1995, he spoke alongside Reverend Billy Graham at the Oklahoma City Bombing Memorial. This best for Oklahoma and America is still to come. And was a spiritual advisor to President George H.W. Bush. But everything changed when Pearson had what he called a revelation from God. I believe people go through hell, not ultimately to hell. 
Stop telling people they're going to hell. I said, I don't care if they're sitting there with a needle in their arm, drunk, smoking a joint, HIV positive. Tell them their sins are forgiven. There's no issue between them and God that hasn't been resolved in Jesus. That's all I said. If he didn't condemn, why do we? His new message did not go over well with his congregation or with high-ranking church officials. Before he knew it, he had lost everything and was branded a heretic. Preachers wrote letters denouncing it. I went from hero to zero and lost it all. So as you listen to this man, Bishop Carlton Pearson, you you heard him saying things like, stop telling people they're going to hell. The Bible says that hell is real. And that is one of the doctrines of demons in which Satan is trying to get people to believe that hell is either not real or that you're not going there. But the Bible makes it very clear that if you reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, then your eternal destination is hell. Your eternal destination is the lake of fire. And as you listen to Carlton Pearson, it sounded like he started out on the right track, uh, just came out of seemingly nowhere in, in this church in which he had thousands of people following him. But how many know that large numbers does not always equate to the right thing. Large church numbers does not always equate to the fact that the gospel, the true gospel is being preached and is being taught. And so this should serve as a warning to us as an example. And thankfully, in this case, the congregation did speak out. The church leaders did speak up and say, this is not right. This is heresy. And they they spoke against it. But in so many sad cases, there are those who go along with this type of false indoctrination that you hear from Carlton Pearson. So let's continue to listen as he's being interviewed by Megan Kelly. It begins here with this Netflix film on Pearson. Is there anybody you've loved in your own life who backslid and is in hell right now? My daddy's in hell. What about it? And did you love him? Of course I did. He was my daddy. But he beat my mama. Mm -hmm. He beat me. He was a fornicator. Now God's punishing him. He's suffering in hell. He's tortured and tormented for all eternity. So let me ask you something. Would you get him out of hell if you could? That was from the new Netflix film, Come Sunday, about Bishop Pearson Carlton. Back in the 90s, the bishop was a successful Pentecostal minister of a megachurch in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He held popular revivals across the country, counseled presidents, and on and on. But he lost it all when he says he received a direct message from God that went against the teachings of the Pentecostal church. Bishop, great to have you here. Thank you, Megan. And that message was that there is no hell that people who aren't, quote, saved are not going to hell, that in fact we have a loving and forgiving God. First, I thought there, there would, I believed in hell, I just didn't believe anybody would be in it because of the finished work of the cross. Uh, then I started thinking about the absurdity and the vulgarity of eternal torture. If it was purgative or corrective or remedial, I could understand some kind of hell, but when it's punishment, and little children, if you're 12 and over, <laughs> till you're 90 years old, would all go and be tormented. It just didn't, I couldn't reconcile that with the moral character of a God of love. So you come out and you say that to your congregation, 6,000 people, and it did not go over well. And not it did not go over well with the church leaders beside yourself. Mm -hmm. And within a year, you had lost your church. Yeah. 
everything. The property, my, my intellectual rights, the name, I had to sign off the, from the, the, the founder of the organization that I had founded, and it was just uh, pretty torturous. And lost your home? Lost my home. You lost your fortune? Your my, in my inheritance, I didn't have any inheritance, but what I had saved, all my savings, 401k. Because that goes directly against Pentecostal teachings. A fundamentalist and Pentecostal teaching, the evangelical teachings, it goes against the Bible. The Bible can be very controversial because one day it says you love God and the mercy of God endures forever. How can mercy endure forever and hell endure forever? One would cancel out the other. And now you've gotten to a place that is more, shall I say, progressive. It, it's inclusive. Yeah. It's loving. In the, in the movie, it walks us through how you had this very close friend who was gay. And initially you were advising him, it's okay to be gay. You just can't do, do gay. gay. Yeah. And then, and now you've evolved on all of that. Yes. 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 And what, what's your belief now? That everybody, my, my, and just like the makeup artist just said here, not trying to correct anybody, just enhance everybody who you already are. Bring out the best in you, celebrate, own, honor, respect, love yourself and be yourself. Now, see, this is very telling when you hear people say things about they don't believe that God is trying to correct anyone. You just want to enhance people. And so you heard he he evolved from believing that, well, there is a hill, but nobody's going there. Then he starts to say there's not a hill. And then he starts to say he just cannot bring himself to understand or to reconcile within within himself that God would allow people to go to hell eternally. And I think he actually stated that God would send people there. But I always correct people when they say that, that God doesn't send people to hell. Those people send themselves there when they choose to reject Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So it's not God sending you there. You are making that choice to reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. And that is the way by which you can only have eternal life. But he goes on to state, as you heard, he he has evolved when it comes to homosexuality. And again, the scripture tells us they went out from us, but they were not of us. And we find in the book of Second Corinthians, chapter 11, verses one through four tells us, oh, that you would bear with me a little folly. And indeed, you do bear with me. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel, which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. And folks, that is what we see happening today in a lot of churches. They are putting up with a different Jesus that is being preached, a different gospel that is being preached, which it means it's not the true Jesus. It's not the true gospel. And he's concerned here in this writing by the apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, that he is concerned that you may well put up with it. And that is what is happening today in many churches. But a sifting is taking place that is revealing the true church versus the apostate church. So now I want to shift gears to Steve Harvey. Now, Steve Harvey is not a pastor. He's not a bishop. But Steve Harvey is a man who does a lot of work within churches, and he is highly influential for various reasons. I want to share with you, uh, this is Steve Harvey at a church about 12 years ago. 
And he is speaking of what he would say if he were to introduce Jesus. If I had the pleasure of bringing out Christ, this is just how I would do it. It ain't got to be the way you do it. You might not think it's just right, but this is how I would do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to list. He has done the impossible time after time. He hailed out of a manger in Bethlehem, Jerusalem by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry. He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine. No special effects, no camera tricks. He has a headshot on every church fan across the country. Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the morning star. Some say he's the rose of Sharon, and some say he's the prince of peace. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together and show your love for the second coming of the one and only. All right. So, again, that was Steve Harvey at a church about 12 years ago, and he's saying what he would say if he had the privilege of introducing Jesus. And, you know, folks, the words that he's saying are not actually wrong. Um, the way in which it's being delivered is not really my cup of tea with the theatrics, with the organ and all of that. But the what he's actually saying, there's there's nothing wrong with it. But again, that was about 12 years ago. And these are the things that Steve Harvey was saying. And he's very influential within a lot of churches. But when we come back from the break, I want to share with you what Steve Harvey is now saying when it comes to Jesus Christ, when it comes to Christianity. Don't go away. We'll be back on the other side of the break. You're tuned into Discerning the Times. You are tuned into Discerning the Times. If you believe in what we stand for, would you consider partnering with us? Our partners program is based on Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you. For a recurring donation of $12.03 per month, you can help us share the message of Discerning the Times as we await our Lord's return to Israel. For more information, please visit our website, LessonsToIsrael.com, or write to us at Blessings to Israel, PO Box 266, 
Nightdale, North Carolina, 27545. Now, let's return to the conclusion of today's program. I want to tell you about a guy. You may know him for his comedy. You may know him for his mustache. But today, I want you to know him for his religion. Hey, I'm Steve Harvey, stand-up comedian, entertainer, television host, family man. But most importantly, I happen to be a man of faith. Steve is a very successful guy. He has made more money than he ever thought. He has become more famous than he ever thought. But at the same time, he managed to keep his relationship with God closer than ever. Why did you not lose faith as you became more successful? If I could make myself successful, I would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> I would have skipped so many of the lessons I had to learn. But it's not that, it's a process. Success and happiness is a process, man. And in this process, I was very aware of the amount of faith that was needed. And as a matter of fact, it really took more faith than I even thought I had. See, oftentimes, people who are religious think their religion is right and everybody else is wrong. There is only one way to God. But Steve's faith is unique because it's really not about that. There's no one, one way to heaven, no one way to paradise. It's like television. Now it's over 800 channels of cable and they're all pretty entertaining. So I'm pretty sure, man, that to get to heaven, there's gotta be more than one route. And cause somebody watching another channel or taking another channel than you, they still getting entertained and they probably still getting to heaven. Okay. So there you have it, folks. You heard before the break, Steve Harvey, he was speaking about Jesus Christ saying what seemed to be the good things and the right things. But here he is now saying that, well, there has to be more than one way to heaven. The same words that you hear from people like Oprah Winfrey from Barack Obama, who say there are many paths to heaven. There are many paths to God. Steve Harvey is saying, just like watching television, you want to be entertained. That's the, the end goal. And he says, well, you have numerous channels that you can turn to, to, to find the same level of entertainment. And so he says, well, in the same way, we want to get to heaven. So there must be many paths in order to get there. And he claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Let me remind Mr. Harvey of what the scripture says in the book of John, chapter 14, verse six. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. And let me repeat that. No one comes to the father except through me. That is what the Bible says. That is what Steve Harvey claims to abide by, claims to believe in. But yet he says there has to be more than one way. Folks, these are doctrines of demons. These are the things that the scripture tells us to look out for. And you may be again asking yourself the question, well, why am I speaking about Steve Harvey? He's he's not a um, he's not a 
preacher. He's not a pastor. But again, he is a very influential person. And as you heard before the break, he was in a church speaking then. And he he influences a lot of people through his uh, work on television as host of Family Feud and the numerous uh, game shows that he hosts and in awards events. And again, in churches, he goes into churches and he speaks. And there are a lot of people that listen to him. But as I said in the opening scripture, they went out from us, but they were not among us. This isn't just talk. Steve lives by these words. He has three sons, two of them. He gave them Christian names like Broderick, and one of them he gave a Muslim name, Ali, as a sign of respect and appreciation for the Muslim religion and the Muslim culture. I named him Ali because I knew, I knew then. That he I, might be different. I knew. And you have no problems with it? No. Because when you come here, you understand Islam is a religion of peace. Why you got a problem with peace? It's just a name, but it's a big step to showing respect to people of other cultures. What Steve did reminds me a lot of this mosque. This mosque in Abu Dhabi belongs to people in the Islamic faith, but as a sign of tolerance to the churches next to them, they renamed the mosque to Mary, Mother of Jesus Mosque. Can you imagine a mosque with the name Jesus on it? Yeah, the world could use a little bit more of that. It's just a name, but it's a big step to showing respect. You know, when I named my youngest son and I gave him the name Ali, I never really understood exactly what I was doing. I had a feeling about it. But now when I look at this name right here, and it says, Mary, the mother of Jesus Mosque, uh, it kind of gives me a little bit more of the understanding. Maybe it was something I didn't quite know at the time, but now it's starting to make a whole lot more sense. And it's not just about Christians and Muslims. It's about Christians, Muslims, Jews, and everybody else. At a time when religious intolerance is on the rise, we need many, many more of these mosques, many, many more of people like Steve. After hanging out with Steve for a week and visiting mosques, churches, and museums in the Emirates, I am convinced religious harmony, religious respect, religious tolerance is the most important thing. And we need to promote that every single day. All right. So you heard the narrator stating that religious respect, religious tolerance is the most important thing. And we need more of that. What we see here is the merging of religions, uh, the merging of, of things in which the Bible tells us to steer clear of. Uh, but he's speaking tolerance. And that is what Steve Harvey is speaking here. How do you think Jesus Christ feels about having his name on an Islamic mosque because the Islamic faith denies the deity of Jesus Christ. The Islamic faith says that Jesus Christ was simply a man, a prophet, 
But we know that the Bible clearly shows us that he was a man, but also he was God. He was fully man and fully God. Jesus Christ is and was God in the flesh. God come coming among us, coming out of heaven. And so we see this this merging of religions is what Steve Harvey is is speaking of. He even says he he gave his his sons Muslim names. Um it's is troubling. Is is really troubling to to hear these type of things. Remember I said earlier, they went out from us, but they were not of us. But what we see happening here with Carlton Pearson and with Steve Harvey is exactly what 2 Timothy chapter 4 speaks of in verses 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And that is exactly what we see happening. They are turning to fables. They are not embracing the truth. The Bible says the truth is Jesus Christ. The Bible also tells us that in the tribulation that there is going to come about a one world religion that is going to arise. And as a result of this, all must accept the mark of the beast or else you will be sought out to be killed by Antichrist. And you already see that spirit in the world today. Again, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of trying to merge religions into one is happening, folks, right before us. And these are the things that our Lord said to look for concerning the last days. We need to be watchmen on the wall. And that is why I share these type of things to be uh, a discerner, to be a watchman and to to help others to be able to discern the times that we are living in, because these are doctrines of demons that are infiltrating the church. And as I've spoken before about earlier in this program and in the weeks past, we saw in which there were churches out there, bishops and pastors who were denouncing the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And that's just mind blowing that there are those in the church who are, or at least claim to be part of the church that actually feel that a woman should have the right to murder her baby in the womb. But that is what we see happening. The Bible tells us that these times would come. But again, the motivation for these messages that I do is not to cause fear. It is not to drag down your spirit. It is actually to lift you up because the scripture tells us that Jesus said, when you see all these things begin to happen, to look up and watch for your redemption draws near. And he said, there's great reward for those who will endure to the end. So folks, don't give up. Don't stop enduring. Continue speaking the truth. Stand up for the truth of God's word and do not be deceived by those that the devil has planted within God's holy church. So I hope this is a blessing to you. We are all out of time for this week, but please come back and join us next time as we continue to encourage you to discern the times by viewing life through the lens of the Bible. Until then, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bless God's great nation of Israel and to the only wise God be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God.
Discerning the Times is presented by Blessings to Israel.